Welcome to your Talking for the Health of It with Permanente Medicine. I'm Amy Kaiser, Communication Coordinator. Today, I'll be joined by a guest host, Lisa Carpenter, for a special episode about partnering with your clinician for the best maternal care. Welcome, Lisa. Thanks for having me. I'm Lisa Carpenter. I'm the Senior Director for Health Engagement. Amy and I will be joined by Dr. Stacy Garrett for this episode. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Stacy Garrett. I'm a board-certified OBGYN with the Mid-Atlantic Permanente Medical Group, and I see members at the Gaithersburg Medical Center. I'm the module lead for the OB hospitalists in the D.C. suburban Maryland service area, as well as the regional assistant medical director for risk, patient safety, and legal affairs. Thank you for having me in the discussion of such an important topic. Today, we're talking about partnering with your clinician for the best maternal health care. Just in thinking about partnering as a part of your care, we recognize that pregnancy is one of the times that we engage often with our clinician and healthcare teams, and there's uh, such importance in having really good communication. There's also been a lot of research that has been done that indicates some disparities exist in the care that Black women receive during pregnancy and post-pregnancy. According to the CDC, approximately 700 women die yearly from pregnancy-related complications. Two-thirds of them are preventable. Black women are two to three times more likely to die from pregnancy-related complications than white women. So Dr. Garrett, I can actually attest to some of those issues um, that are experienced during care. Uh, Prior to being a Kaiser Permanente member, I had experiences during pregnancy related to pain management and addressing my concerns. I had some experiences of pain. Uh, I expressed it to my physician. They didn't seem to really be focused on addressing uh, my concerns and uh, really didn't feel like I had a real voice in uh, my care at that time. And of course, you know, you know, during my first pregnancy, you know, I'm, you know, nervous, I'm concerned, you know, I want to feel like, you know, I'm doing the right thing that I'm speaking up and addressing things that are bothering me, but um, that feeling of not being heard uh, can be quite frustrating. And so how do we play a role in partnering with our clinician to get the best maternal care? So playing an active role in your care is, is really important. And one of the ways to do that is really advocating for yourself. Um, you have to have a relationship with your physician where you feel comfortable asking questions, all questions are good questions. Um, And so getting that relationship is really, really um, important. Learning how to advocate for yourself uh, can do this, right? And so um, as we talk about patient advocacy, it's really important to understand that successful advocates feel more comfortable and confident in the choices that they make with their doctors, and they tend to have healthier outcomes, live longer lives. And and why are we even talking about this? We are talking about this today um, because patients want to feel comfortable, right? I mean, kind of like what you just just referenced, uh, and they want to be understood by their physician. Um, We know that research does show that when it comes to topics like pain control and maternal health, Black women do not have the same patient clinician experiences as their white counterparts. Uh, So understanding this uh, can help in building a stronger patient relationship uh, so that we can have better outcomes for individuals that sometimes sit in um, the margins of society. And Dr. Garrett, you mentioned, you know, feeling comfortable being able to build a relationship with your 
clinician or your physician. So as, as a member, how could I prepare for a conversation with my physician? Always keep an open mind. Okay. When you go into your visits, write down questions that you may have uh, and prioritize them. Gather um, solid personal and family health history um, so that you can add that to the decision-making process. If you need to bring a support person, um, sometimes they can help advocate for you. Sometimes they can explain situations better, but also sometimes they just make you feel a little bit more comfortable. Be open and honest about experiences and symptoms. You know, there's nothing that you should be embarrassed about. You know, as an OBGYN, we often have patients that come in and they may be embarrassed about something. And so they kind of skirt around the issue. Um, But we really want you to be honest because that's the only way we can really um, care for you to to, to the best of our ability. Um, And then tell us if you have any concerns about your emotional health, um, your personal health, uh, anything that may be impacting some of the um, symptoms or concerns that you may be having at that time. And then also, if for some reason you can't make your appointment, let us know, just reach out, we can reschedule your appointment. Um, but what we don't want you to do uh, is to be at home, not feeling well uh, and not seeking the care that you need and deserve. If you're a person who's of reproductive age, or if you are a person who is considering pregnancy, what should you do? How should you go about building and establishing this relationship with your clinician? Women of reproductive age, um, it's really important when you go for your, particularly like your your health assessment, um, if you are getting married or in a serious relationship and you know, you all are starting to talk about pregnancy um, or having children, that you talk to your clinician about this. Um, because there's certain things that we can do beforehand um, in preparation for a pregnancy. And this is called preconceptual counseling. Sometimes we want to take a complete history to get a better idea of you know, what are potential risk factors um, that may play a role during your pregnancy. So definitely, you know, having that conversation um, with with your clinician. Also trying to live a healthy lifestyle is really important. Um, Maintaining a healthy weight and diet, Um, having physical activity. We know that women that are physically active um, before pregnancy and even throughout their pregnancy tend to have better outcomes. You want to you know, prevent injury. Um, you want to quit all substance use. Okay. So smoking cigarettes, drinking alcohol, marijuana use, these are all things that can affect um, your pregnancy uh, in a negative way. Once you start prenatal care, you want to start it as early as possible. If you have had a prior complication in a pregnancy or someone told you, you know, you have this medical condition, you need to start your prenatal care as early as possible. You know, take that to heart and and start your care early. And then lastly, once you um, are pregnant, make sure that you are attending all of your prenatal appointments as well as any recommended um, monitoring appointments um, that the clinician uh, may think is appropriate. Specifically in the space of maternal health, as a Black person, if I'm pregnant, how or what 
should I do to prepare for the, for my appointments? It, you know, unfortunately we're having these conversations and have to consider some additional, um, factors, but you know, what are the things that, um, I can do to feel comfortable and confident in, in that conversation, uh, to make sure that when I do arrive at my appointment that I, you know, I'm, I'm ready, uh, no matter who my uh, clinician is. Again, write down your questions. You know, what are your top questions? What are your concerns? What are some things that you are experiencing, right? Um, to kind of check in, you know, is this normal? Because your body goes through a lot of changes when you're pregnant um, and you're going to feel, you know, different things in different places. And, you know, it's foreign to you. Make sure you're, you're reading any educational material um, that your clinician is providing you. Learn as much as you can about pregnancy. Um, sign up uh, and attend prenatal classes. And these classes can be attended by not just you, but also your partner, so that your partner can understand what you're going through as you go through the pregnancy so that they can support you during this time. Um, so, you know, don't feel like you have to go through pregnancy alone. Uh, and then oftentimes once the delivery occurs, everyone thinks, oh, everything is fine, you know, which everything's just going to go back to normal. But it's really important to be vigilant um, during the postpartum period and pay attention to um, the changes that your body is going through. If at any point something doesn't feel right, you should contact your healthcare team. If it doesn't feel right to you, if it's something you haven't experienced before, ask questions, 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 and remember to go to your postpartum appointment. Very important because um, the clinician will address any, any complications that you had during the pregnancy and how to move forward in um, future pregnancies. Sometimes there are complications where we actually do not recommend any more pregnancies. And so it's important to follow up at that appo appointment, but also for family planning um, purposes. That is so true because after my first child, you know, it, it's fortunate that I'm actually, you know, in the space of clinical care and I, you know, I've, I stay well-versed as it relates to information, but after my first pregnancy, I actually ended up, you know, having, uh, uh, my blood pressure was elevated and it was really just me paying attention to my body and just realizing I, you know, I'm experiencing some headaches and, um, just something told me check my blood pressure. So I did and ended up going, you know, to the hospital afterwards. And they, they asked me, you know, what made me do it? And, and it just was one of those just felt, felt like it was something that needed to be done. And, you know, I'm fortunate to be in the space where I, I'm paying attention to those things, but there are a lot of women out here who, who don't and who aren't aware of the kinds of things that can happen after a pregnancy. You know, many may assume that once you've had the baby, that, that that's it. And that there's no more care or attention that you need to pay to your body. Yeah. Listening to your body. You just, and you have to communicate it. Um, that that's critical, right? It doesn't help if you're, you're feeling this um, and you aren't communicating it. Um, so, Dr. Garrett, we've been talking a lot about what the member can do to ensure that their appointment goes smoothly, to prepare. Um, but I'm curious to know what could a Kaiser Permanente member expect from their physician to help them promote and maintain this positive patient-clinician relationship that's so valuable to our care? Let your clinician know um, 
you know, what your values are, what your goals are, what your fears are. It, you feel a little bit vulnerable, but we're here to help you make these decisions. You also want to kind of let your clinician know how involved you want to be in, in, in the decision-making process. Some people want to kind of be superficially involved, and then there are others they want to know every single detail, right, as they make a decision. But in OBGYN, we, we use a lot of um, shared decision-making because we have so many things where there are different options for management. The shared decision-making process, just to kind of give a little bit of uh, background information, uh, it's, a, it's a process in which clinicians kind of collaboratively help patients to incorporate evidence uh, and the patient values and preferences into kind of the, the medical decision-making um, process. Um, and by doing this, there are conversations that occur between the patient and the clinician. It helps to combine science, um, the clinician's opinions, as well as the voice of the patient in coming up with, with, with a plan of care. The clinician, um, when you kind of look at this shared decision-making process, you know, offers a valuable perspective, okay, because they've had extensive training, so they're able to offer options, discuss them extensively, review the risk and the benefits, uh, ask questions, um, but it also allows the patient to kind of share their personal values, their goals, their concerns, um, and this is important because if we don't hear this from the patient, then sometimes we don't really know what the patient's going through. And so by understanding what they're going through helps to build that bond so that ultimately you can have good outcomes because that's what we really want. What does Permanente Medicine have to offer in the sense of the pool of physicians that members can choose from? So one of the great things that we have uh, in um, Permanente Medicine is the ability to choose your physician. So you can go online kp.org slash doctor, and you can go to the specialty um, and you can choose your physician, which is wonderful, right? So you can, you, you can read our bios, you can see where we went to school, some of the things that we enjoy doing. If we, have, if we have a focus on something in particular, then you can meet that doctor virtually in person. Uh, and if you're a good fit, great. But if for some reason and eh, you're not quite that sure about it and you think you want to try somebody else, go back online, um, find someone else, and you can switch to that to that um, clinician. So I think that's one of the great things um, that we do offer our um, patients. Um, the other thing is, is that we live in an area that is extremely diverse. And so with diverse Patience also comes diversity within our physicians, um, which I think is great, right? Because sometimes you want to be cared for by someone that looks like you, that may have the same um, background as you. Uh, and, 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 and I think that we have that to offer. Um, the other thing is, is that with diversity also comes um, plethora of languages. We want to be able for our patients to understand us, and we want to be able to understand our patients. And so we have a range of translation services that are available, including video interpreters. And this really enhances um, the translation experience as well as just the overall experience of your, of your visit with your, your clinician. It can be scary for a patient um, who 
may think that something is wrong and they and they don't speak the language, right? So you want to do everything you can to make the patient feel comfortable, feel at ease, feel that you're there to listen to them, to empathize with what's going on with them. I, I just can't say enough about how important it is. And I'm really glad that, that we have um, numerous options available to our patients. So Dr. Here, that's actually one of the things that I've always uh, really valued as it relates to permanent medicine is the ability to make a change to my physician. Uh, if I didn't feel comfortable and I wanted um, a black doctor, I did have that option. Um, and I also recognize that permanency medicine has a lot of diversity as it relates to our clinicians. Uh, I know that we have 46% of our OBGYNs are black and 43% of them are black women. And so it's, um, it's great to have that option available compared to nationally only 11% of OBGYNs are black. And so, you know, just being able to be comfortable with who we have as a physician uh, is important. And I, I know that many women are probably bring that up as it relates to, um, you know, who, when they're looking for a physician, um, you know, who they would feel comfortable with. Yeah, it's great to hear that, that number. Um, it makes me happy um, as a um, black OBGYN. Um, I do often have patients come to me. Um, they've, they've done their research online and, you know, they've looked at the schools that I went to. Um, but ultimately they say, you know, I chose you um, because you're a black woman. And I think that you might be able to um, relate with me better, be more empathetic uh, and understand where I'm coming from. So I, I do have patients choose me for that reason. Uh, and so I, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy um, that our numbers are above the national average. Uh, that's great. That's wonderful. So Dr. Garrett, the value of the internet means that we have a lot of information available to us. And sometimes um, that can also work against us um, because there is so much information out there. Uh, not everything that you read is not necessarily accurate. So in order to really help guide patients um, to the right resources, where would you recommend a patient go to get accurate information about their health? Typically, we do often often refer our patients to uh, ACOG, which is the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. They have a lot of information for patients on various topics. So, so we definitely refer our, our patients uh, to, that, to that website. As far as a good resource for women in learning how to advocate for themselves uh, in, in the care that they receive, the CDC has the Hear Her campaign. And so this is basically a campaign in which uh, an emphasis is placed on clinicians hearing women's concerns during their pregnancy and postpartum period. Um, it allows for open conversations to occur um, and really puts a strong emphasis on um, the clinician um, listening to the, to the patient, but also the patient really paying attention to their body, um, what they're feeling, uh, and feeling comfortable communicating that to their clinician. We know that through this communication, um, you know, it will give the patient a better understanding of what's going on with them. The other part of this campaign is teaching patients um, urgent 
maternal warnings, right? So what are some of the things that you should be looking out for? What should you be paying attention to? Um, when should I reach out to my clinician or to my healthcare team? And by having um, this improved communication, you know, the hope is that it will allow patients to be more engaged in their care. Uh, and we know that when a patient is more engaged in their care, uh, we tend to have better outcomes. So as we wrap up this very important topic, I would like to bring everyone's attention to Black Maternal Health Week, which is celebrated every year during the month of April. The goal is to bring attention to and action around improving Black maternal health. This week is a great opportunity for everyone to play a role in working to prevent pregnancy-related deaths and improving maternal health outcomes. Lisa and Dr. Garrett, thank you so much for being here today, and thank you all for listening. We hope you check back in with us for future episodes on wellness topics and specials covering specific areas of health. This has been Talking for the Health of It, and we will talk to you next time. 